This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Space Waffles, our brand new podcast on the Geeky Waffle Network. I am your host, Arzu, and with me is my fellow waffle, Candice. Hey. So Candice is regretting everything already, as I may have teased Space Waffles, a Raylo podcast. Nope. Nope. That's a hard nope. I have it in writing that you would not do that. <laughs> and I got it out the gate 30 seconds in. So, okay, no, in, in seriousness, this is our Star Wars-focused podcast on the Geeky Waffle Network, and it's going to kind of cover anything we want to. So in-depth looks at characters or stories, book reviews, because for those of you that know me, I am a big book person. One thing this isn't is a news show. If something's new, we may mention it right away. We may not. We don't come out often enough. There are plenty of sources if that's the kind of thing you're looking for. But I hope you'll stick around because this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm yeah, and it's currently a bi-weekly. Every other week will be out Mondays. Which we hope you will still check us out weekly because every other Monday is our straight out of home video podcast where you can listen to us suffer immensely. So moving away from things that cause us pain onto things that bring us joy like Star Wars. And I promise, Candace, I will keep this fairly Ben Solo free. I promise. This is my promise to you here at the top of the episode. Did you hear Bucky just bark when you said Ben Solo? It's because Bucky's a Raylo and you can't convince me otherwise. He's got feelings, y'all. He's got feelings. Well, I know Arzu wants us to kind of explain what kind of Star Wars fans we are. If you've Even already if listened you to the Geeky Waffle, you kind of already know. Exactly. You sort you sort of know where we fall on things, but I thought it would be fun if we talk about it more more specifically, the, the kinds of things we like. Like I, for instance, I'm a huge Jedi story fan for all that I lately with the High Republic stuff have kind of been very, very harsh on the Jedi. But for for all intents and purposes, that's generally the kind of thing I like the best, particularly if it's if it's prequel era. And I don't think there's enough of that. But hopefully as the High Republic moves into the later years and we get closer to the prequel era, I will be less harsh on the Jedi. I don't know why they're golden age. I've decided they're worthy of scorn. And then right as they fall, I'm like, my poor babies. But this is <laughs> this is where I've landed. How about you, Candace? Well, currently I'm on a Mandalorian. I love them all. The good, the bad, the pre Vizsla. Really? Yeah. I kind of think it's probably like it started with Clone Wars with Satine and Bo-Katan and just their entire like organization and planets. Like it's very intriguing. I agree. I agree. I hope when when we go into the third season of The Mandalorian that we get a little bit more in depth with them because they were never really the the big focus in whatever series they were in. They were sort of yeah. playing in the background to our main drama. And I just love their arbitrary rules and like how they like pick and choose like <laughs> what traditions do you have? And it's just, it's very fascinating. But my favorite thing in Star Wars is when it's like very character focused. Same. I am big on the, on the character driven stories. I just finished reading Victory's Price which Candace knows because I actually put this recording off by half an hour so I could finish it. <laughs> and the best parts of that book are the character parts, you know, really getting into what makes them tick, what their damage is, what their joy is. And then it's punctuated with extremely long battle scenes where I will be perfectly honest, I skim those. I know they try to tie in their character motivations to how they react to a conflict, but very few people can do that successfully, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's easier on screen to show that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can watch them reacting to it, even if you're not watching what's going on around them, right? Yeah. The way like Ahsoka fights is very true to her character. Yes, and exactly. The, the way she moves, how she attacks, 
when she attacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like in since we're sort of on Clone Wars, like if you watch Anakin and Obi-Wan side by side, Obi-Wan is of the I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. And Anakin's like, I'm kind of enjoying this. And it's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. So you can sort of watch their reactions to everything play out in a way that unfortunately, you don't usually get in a book. Some some authors do it really well. Resistance Reborn, if anybody's read that one, does it very well. Because while the fights are going on, you're not even fully aware that that's what's happening, because you're so much in the character's head while it happens. And I think that's the closest thing anybody's come to capturing that kind of energy. Yeah, and we're just not huge, like, battle people. <laughs> we're not big battle people. Even though I love my Battlefront games so much. Even but though it's I'm so awful character driven. Yeah. No, give me more of Inferno Scotchin, please. Mm-hmm. So yes, definitely not. Not big battle people. But we'll never say no to a lightsaber duel. No, because those are the best kind. But unfortunately, we don't get the best kind of fight, I mean, but we don't usually get those in in books. I guess Master and Apprentice is one, but otherwise, I don't know. They're just the most dramatic. In a universe of spaceships and blasters, two people swinging at each other with a sword is just a little bit dramatic. The Jedi are drama queens. Although they are also, this is my attempt to segue into Candace's point, the Jedi are not the only drama queens with laser swords because... (laughs) We have another group of drama queens with a laser sword, which I know includes Candace's favorite character, Sabine yes. Wren. Yeah, if you have met me and ever talk Star Wars, I will talk Sabine Wren every single day of my life. First, it started off because like finally Sabine Wren, like I saw myself in the Star Wars universe. I'm half Indian and getting that representation was like goals for me. And yes, I have her Barbie doll, her black series. I have her sketchbook. I have her Funko Pop. Did she have a pillow too? Yes, I have. I have a pillow I bought like at Target. It was like 99 cents and it has like a cartoon drawing of her and it says Rebel. I would like to also add not all my Sabine stuff was like bought by me. It was bought by friends who know about my obsession. So the best kind of friends. Yeah, exactly. Like my first merch was the Sabine Wren Funko Pop. And my friend Betty Jane was at Star Wars Celebration. And she's like, I saw it and thought of you. And I was like, (laughs) aw. It was just so sweet. And that's started me being like, I should, you know, rep my girl. But I love that she's an artist too. And that's something that I think is really intriguing that they finally like brought in was like, what are like the other side of the Star Wars universe? Like, what do people do outside of fight the Empire? <laughs> like, do people have hobbies? Yeah. Like, what are the dramas about? And what music do they like to listen to other than the Jabba house band? <laughs> Max Rebo. I had to explain to my brother recently that the genre of music you hear in Star Wars in the canteen is called jizz music. And he thought I was lying. Nope. He's like, you can't mess with me like this. I'm like, fun fact, I'm not messing with you in the slightest. That is definitely like, I feel like we're definitely going to do an episode about the arts in Star Wars, including music and dramas. And And the fact that the High Republic gave us the concept of canonical bodice ripper romance novels. Yes, of Jedi. Yeah. (laughs) What was it? What was it? They said swinging their laser swords because they'd rather be doing something else. I'm like, okay, okay. That's actually pretty accurate, I feel like. 100%. 100%. Unless it's like Anakin and Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Darth Maul. I don't think that's what's happening there. At least I hope not. Oh, no. Okay, no. We've gone down a terrifying path and I don't like it. I, I love how this is a, this is our first episode and we've already gone down. <laughs> we've like, already gone you've, there. You've already let me like sing about Sabine and we start talking about late sapers and Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Maul has some compensating to do ever since they got cut in half. That's all I'm saying. But he was doing all his compensating before he got cut in half. That's true. That's, that's true. when he had the, the saber staff. It's like he knew. 
he knew he was going to have to make a real big impression because he wasn't going to bounce back from that for a while. Real big, Arzu? <laughs> real big. <laughs> okay. I can't wait for our, oh, our mall episode. Uh, listen, we're going to have to do a mall episode eventually because one of our friends is just a huge Darth Maul fan. And I feel like if we ever decide to talk about Darth Maul. It's also an excuse just to bring our friends on to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> very, very important to note that as of right now, basically at least half the episodes we have plans like and we have to call this person and that person and that person and yeah so we hope that you will enjoy hearing not just from us but from everyone we've come to know in this space because fortunately we don't all we don't all think along the same lines yeah and you know what that's something great about the geeky waffle is that we all have very different tastes and we do tease each other a lot about what we like but we all respect each other in the end speaking of teasing you're talking about the arts in Star Wars, and do you know how hard it was for me to not jump in, which I'm going to do right this second, and be like, do you know who has a hobby? Ben Solo. He has a calligraphy did- hobby. Oh my god, he's in such a an galaxy emo where hipster. nobody writes anything, this boy learned calligraphy. He's such a hipster. He's a hipster and a nerd and just the saddest little soft boy. If we ever do a Ben Solo <laughs> episode, it's just going to be you talking the entire time and me, me like and Maggie, sighing and in the Maggie. background. I won't be sobbing alone. I'll be outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> Just the fact that you would even want to be here for that, I think, shows how much <laughs> how much you love us. Because I would need to pull you guys back in. <laughs> like a special three-hour episode on us just sobbing exactly. about Ben Solo. Exactly. Hey, there's an idea. Okay, Arzu, of all the Star Wars, books, video games, TV shows, movies, what is your absolute favorite? Oh, geez. Um, of all of it altogether? Yes. Probably still Revenge of the Sith, just because that was like, that was the first anything where I decided I was going to like go all in, you know, like reading the behind the scenes magazines and like refreshing the trailer on my super slow dial up internet. Because yes, we still had dial up at the time and just all of that. And then watching it like granted on bootleg because we didn't live anywhere that showed it in movie theaters, watching it like over and over and over again. So that was the first time I really went really big into Star Wars and it like affected me that deeply. So I think of everything, it would be Revenge of the Sith. And I know I sit here and advocate for happy endings all the time and how it shouldn't be tragedy and we should move past that. I would argue that at this stage, that was the end of Act 1, as far as we know the story now. So it's okay that it ends on a tragic note. And it's so like, I don't know, operatic and dramatic. And like, like we said, the Jedi are drama queens. And I don't think it's epitomized any better than than in the prequel trilogy and in Revenge of the Sith specifically. So that that would be mine. And it kind of ends... A little bit hopeful. With yeah, it Luke ends on Leia, a shot of the, of the baby we know is going to save the galaxy. Exactly. Or the babies, I should say. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And Leia doesn't do it all herself. Leia the did baby. most of the work, and then Luke yeah. blew up the Death Star yeah. with Leia's resources. I'm sorry, we do like Luke Skywalker. It's just really easy to drag him. I know. It's There's certain characters just that are so easy to make fun of. If we're, if we're wasting the lung capacity to talk about them, please know that we don't hate them or we wouldn't bother. Except Clint... Barden in the Marvel MCU. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's the only but- character in the Geeky Waffle <laughs> Network. But that's because he gets away with things too easily. <laughs> okay. That, that's for MCU waffles or <laughs> Marvelous waffles. <laughs> that's for our Marvel live streams, which you should definitely check out. Yeah. And we're definitely going to be doing Bad Batch live streams. Bad Bitches on Bad Batch. And not, as we were outvoted for our alternate title, Bad Bitches. What was it? Do Do bad the Bad Batch. batch. <laughs> Which I said was a little too far, and I used my executive control. <laughs> she vetoed that idea so fast. <laughs> That's the one time I used it. <laughs> I was Probably like, no, best. that sounds like a porno title. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
So how about you, Candace? Of all the games, books, movies, TV shows, everything, what's your what's your number one? It's going to be a very cliche answer. It's The Empire Strikes Back. Because I was a kid when the 20th anniversary came out in 1997, and they did like January, February, March, and each of the movies came out. Like and in yeah. theaters? Yeah, in theaters. And my dad took me. And I vividly remember being like, I'll humor the old man. I'll take a nap if it's boring. This old movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this boy movie. But he was like very adamant because – while he didn't see them in India, he – like once he got to America to go to college, like that's what his like American roommate was like, oh my god, you haven't seen Star Wars. They're playing it at this theater. We got to go see it. And he was instantly hooked because how can you not be? How could you not be? Yeah. So I saw A New Hope and I was like, this is awesome. I love Princess Leia. I love the whole thing. I'm going to marry Luke Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> I was that yes. child. As you should be. He was very sweet in A New Hope. Yes. Yes. As I grew older. I understood the Han and Lando appeal. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, scoundrels. <laughs> but like anyway, so Empire Strikes Back blew me out of the water because by that time I was like, I am a Star Wars fan. I saw A New Hope. I'm in. And just like as a child, Yoda was just so interesting. And I love the Muppets to begin with. <laughs> but just like his lessons. And of course, like I was a sucker even as a kid for romance. And Han and Leia's story. And I love, I love the battle scene between Vader and Luke. There's so much emotion. Again, character driven. Mm-hmm. And again, it ends on a sad note. We like the sad ending movies. But it ends with hope. You get, yeah, it ends with hope. It ends like with people like determined they're going to find Han. It's going to be okay. And I feel like also like Princess Leia is the most well-rounded in that movie. Mm-hmm. And you get to see her not just as like a rebellion leader, you get to see her as a person too. I agree. That's one thing I found very frustrating about the Shakespeare adaptation of it, which granted I know is done for fun and it's not canon and all of that, but Princess Leia gets reduced to pining after Han for the entire thing, which is such a shame. Even even in the battle scenes like on Hoth, she's sitting there going, we have to fight. And I love Han. And like, it's so reductive for her character because like, you're right. She is super well-rounded in The Empire Strikes Back. And it saddens me that a lot of people seem to miss that point. Yeah, because like A New Hope, she's like lost her planet, but she's just focused on the rebellion. And yeah, she's got, she's sassy. She's got an attitude, which I mm-hmm. love. But then like Return of the Jedi, she seems too focused on Han. They didn't know what to do with her anymore. But yeah, I love Empire Strikes Back because all the characters just are so well-rounded and I love seeing Luke come from like, he's not still the farm boy at the beginning of the Empire Strikes Back because he's a commander, but he still's got a lot to learn and just like how he changes and how his whole arc like in the trilogy changes him and Empire Strikes Back really shows like it makes it believable that the farm boy went from that to Jedi Knight. Yeah, I think, yeah, the Empire Strikes Back is really crucial in sort of showing his his transition. But like of of the original trilogy, I think I like Luke best in Return of the Jedi. But I think it only works as a contrast to the other two because it feels like a bigger jump. I know there's a bigger time gap between A New Hope and Empire than between Empire and Return of the Jedi, but it, it feels like a bigger character jump. He's come into his own. He is a proper Jedi Knight. He's just, he's sort of come to accept that for all that the force ghosts want him to kill Vader, that he can't do it, that he's going to try to forgive him and like, and he's overcome his own anger and and moved past it. And 
I just love him in that movie. Yeah, he had to go to that dark, not dark, I shouldn't say dark place, but he had to go to the bottom, uh, Cloud City, like mm-hmm. get his well, hair cut a dark off. Place. Yeah, it's a it's a super dark place. Hand cut off, find out that your father is like a mass murderer. You know, fun stuff. You no, know, the big bad boogeyman that you've been hearing about your whole life is actually the dad you thought you were looking up to. Yep. Surprise. And the fact that, like, he overcame that when, like, trauma, like, turned Anakin into Dark Vader, which Anakin had a lot more going on there. Anakin had a lot going on. Yeah. But and yeah, that's, I... That's, that's, part of, that's part of the tragedy, too, is that they both sort of are so feeling for those around them, but the circumstances in which Anakin grew up made it so that he couldn't push through it the way Luke could. And I'm not here to, like, blame Anakin for that. I'm just saying that it's it's tragic, the circumstances of Anakin's life. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That was... Yeah, we went deep. We went deep for for For, our first episode. Yeah. And here you were thinking, like, oh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Just immediately dive into Luke Skywalker and be like, hey... Well, well, I guess we should. We're gonna do a full episode, maybe like oh, a yeah. three-parter. <laughs> just a whole series of us just deep diving into one character. I, I really would love to do just like episodes on each like character and maybe some side characters too. I know he's not a side character, but Obi Wan. I would love to do an episode on Obi Wan. Oh, definitely. I would love to do an episode on each of the ghost crew. Honestly. Oh yeah, Chopper. Chopper, <laughs> the little murder droid. The little murder droid who could, because <laughs> he did, oh God, when he gets that blaster and he's rolling around shooting everyone, <laughs> and he's like screaming while doing it, he's like, ah! I, I love when the droids just lose it and start screaming. It yeah. is for some reason like the most hysterical thing to me. I just, I love just like Chopper speaking, because you know he's like cursing the entire time. Oh yeah. And especially with Chopper, of all the droids that are like binary, I feel like I can understand him the most. Yeah, because <laughs> he's got he's got like this really aggressive way of quote unquote speaking. So you're like, oh, he's got a foul mouth. But like R2's got so many cute little chirps. You're like, oh, and then you realize he's actually been cussing the whole time. Exactly. Yeah, they had to beep him out the entire time. BB-8 doesn't cuss. Though. I feel like BB-8 doesn't cuss. No, because Poe's like, Poe's like, no, you're, you're my little guy. No, there's only there's only enough room for one of them to cuss. And Poe's like, that's going to be me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else, Arzu, that you would like people to know about Space Waffles, a Star Wars fan podcast? Other than the fact that this is a 50% Raylo podcast. Um, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. Um, (laughs) I just hope that everybody will will stick around, will subscribe, will check us out. Um, Space Waffles is going to be sponsoring our Bad Batch live stream. So I hope you will check that out too. And yeah, just know that this is a place you can come for a a very wide, varied Star Wars-like discussion. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Because we, again, we have very differing opinions on many things. So it's going to be interesting. As do all (laughs) our friends. Not a single one of our friends agrees with us on everything. I know. That's hilarious. And I can't wait to do some deep dives into that. For those of you that know us through through the Geeky Waffle, you know that the minute there's a clashing opinion, we all get very loud. Yes. Our, our voices raise. Very Please excited listen. for all that. <laughs> Please listen to our Love Actually episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you can find us online. We are geeky underscore waffle on Twitter. I think we're geeky waffle everywhere else except our website, which is thegeekywaffle.com. And then we're at our own personal handles as well, which you can find on the Geeky Waffle Twitter. All right, so thank you for listening and may the waffles be with you.